You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Hello to you, I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and in light of recent events, it's time to take a check. Take a check, make a check of your neighborhood. Who lives in your neighborhood? How big is your neighborhood? Today's topic on Words of Encouragement. How big is your neighborhood? How big is your neighborhood? And for those of you who are real smart and can figure out where this picture came from, I'd give you uh, I'd give you a tissue or uh, a piece of candy maybe if I can find a piece of candy. No, but uh, uh, this uh, picture of... Uh, picture of a neighborhood. I added, of course, the uh, homes there. And there's great joy in this place today because we're able to be here in this place again. And, I, and there's, a, there's nothing like this comfort uh, again, to be, to be able to be comfortable again, to be able to be... I know some of you are not in your, your, your regular seat, and you're very baptistic if you're uncomfortable because you're not in your regular seat. <laughs> you are certainly a Southern Baptist. Uh, uh, but, you know, you might get a different point of view. <laughs> in, in various ways uh, and various definitions of that phrase uh, this morning. Uh, but not all of us are here, and that's okay. Uh, and that is all right. Uh, things aren't what we would consider normal yet. I mean, we understand that. Uh, but guess what? The normal that we have been living in, that we were living in before all of this happened, is still not close, even to the godly normal that we're going to have to get used to when we get to heaven. Because it's going to be different up there. I mean, you know, we think, oh no, another change? Well, you know what? It's not going to matter. You know, when you get to heaven, you're not going to be whining and complaining because we had to change. You're going to be glorifying the Lord, and you're probably going to be dancing around a bit. Ooh, dancing around? Yeah, you might. (laughs) It just might happen. Uh, Some friends of ours have a little boy, and... uh, they he was uh he was he was running around the house with his hands raised and saying hallelujah and i told her i told the wife i said you you may have not had a baptist you may have had a pentecostal and uh for those of you who are pentecostals who may hear me say that you know me and you know i love you <laughs> but we we have fun with that uh several of uh, my pentecostal friends we 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 actually have fun talking about that But it's going to be a new normal. I hate that phrase. But it's going to be different when we get to heaven. But it's going to be right when we get to heaven. You know, that's what it's going to be like. It's going to be correct. And we're going to be glad when we get there. But when we get there, I'm afraid there are going to be some people that we see there that we did not get to know. But we may recognize them as, hey... I live not far from them. Or, hey, I used to see them at the store. Not going to give any store a little free advertisement there. But, you know, you, at the mall, you know, our mall here in uh, <clears throat> Winsboro. You, you may remember them from there, but you may not know their names because you chose not to get to know them. Now, that's interesting to think about. We, we will get to heaven and we will see people, hey, I think I remember you, but I don't know your name. And we never chose to get to know their names. We cannot avoid the topic that is foremost on our 
television sets today, and I'm not talking about the virus. Tired of talking about tired of thinking about that. I am talking about the issue of race that we have on the front burner of most of the stoves in America today. If you are able and you can, let's stand together. Looking at Luke chapter 10, chapter 10. I'm going to be reading verses 25 through 29, but then we're going to be looking at the passage, the verses following that. But we have to get this in context. It says, A lawyer stood up and put him, Jesus, to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly, do this and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? May God bless the reading of his word. May he write it on our hearts today. You may be seated. A man is told to love his neighbor. Now we see in the passage, we, you know, you have to look at what's happening here. It says, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test. How many of you would like to be put to any test by a lawyer? Raise your hand. Good night. They are, I mean, they're good at what they do. They have to be good at what they do to be able to, to make a living out of what they do. So they know the loopholes. They know all the little, you know, the, the, the shades of meaning of the laws and stuff. And so they know what stands up and what will not stand up in court. So this lawyer puts Jesus to the test and, whoa, I don't let that not be me. <laughs> But it is Jesus, and praise God, it's him, because he certainly knows how to handle anyone uh, in this world. So this man is testing our Lord, trying to trick him into saying something that will get him in trouble. And he asks what he can do to have eternal life. And Jesus, knowing this lawyer, hey, this guy's a lawyer. He knows, in this point, in this time, the law was the, you know, the, the scriptures the, the law of God. And so this man knows the law and he says, Ah, huh, what's written in the law? What does it say to you? What does it say to you? The man answers, Well, I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind, and, and my neighbor as myself. And, and it's, it appears the man knows the law. It appears that he is okay with the first part of this. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. Uh, but what, what the... <laughs> What the, the uh, issue here is, does this man practice the law? Jesus says, well, what is written in the law? What does it say to you? And he says, well, this is what it says. This is what it says. Uh, what comes out of this law here comes out of a relationship with God. You must first love God with all that you are and have. Then, and I think Jesus put this in a specific order, then you are also to love your neighbor as yourself. You cannot do the former and not do the latter. You cannot do the latter until you have done the former. 
You cannot love your neighbor unless you love the Lord. Oh, but Brother Craig, I love my neighbor and they're wonderful people. I'm not talking about geographical neighbors. I'm not talking about geographical neighbors because sometimes we, we're, we're real good. We, we can love our neighbors if we know our neighbor. Sometimes in this day and age, we don't even know who our neighbor is. And they live right next door. We don't even know who they are. I, I remember living in a big city, living in Fort Worth during seminary. I didn't know who my neighbor was. I mean, there were people that just all over that apartment complex. I didn't know who they were. And how do you get to know them? How do you get to find them when they're home? I mean, it was, it was just a struggle. But here in Winsboro, we ought to know who geographically lives near us, and we ought to know who they are, and we ought to have some kind of relationship with them. But if we are to love them, truly care for them, we've got to first love the Lord. And because when we, because when we love the Lord, we then can love our neighbor. So Jesus says, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But still trying to test Jesus, still trying to justify himself, I think, is what he's doing here. The lawyer says, well, then who is my neighbor? Who do I need to love? Who is my neighbor? What a wonderful question to think about today. Who is my neighbor? He's not necessarily always the person who, I mean, he is, he includes the person who lives next door to you, but he certainly also includes people who live across town, north of town, south of town, east, west of town. It also includes others around us. So Jesus, in turn, now then gives this man a message, a lesson on who his neighbor is. In verse 27, the Bible says, And he answered, You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, soul, mind, strength, uh, and your neighbor as yourself. And who is my neighbor, this man asks. We find we are to have a loving relationship with God and our neighbor. And our neighbor. Not just God. We've got, you know, some of us, we feel like we've got that part pretty good. When in reality, we probably don't. But in our minds, we think we do. We think we're good. We've got, oh, I love God. Oh, yes, I do. I've say, I say it all the time, so I must. <laughs> Sometimes we think that if we say it enough, then, it, that, then it's true. But we have to live it out. And when we live it out, that means we walk with God daily. That means we talk with Him daily. That means we have long conversations with God. And we talk with Him. We know, we, we're getting to know Him. And that's what it takes for all of us. This is the God who is giving us eternal life if we trust in him. But tied to this decision to follow God, tied with the decision to walk with God, is this injunction, is this command to love our neighbor. And this comes out of that relationship with the Lord. Notice, as I said before, Jesus puts that relationship with God first and then moves to the neighbor you, will want, you, you want to know something funny, though? Um, as long as we pick our neighbors, who our neighbors are, we can love them till they die. We, as long as we have a hand in picking who our neighbor is, yeah, we, oh, yeah, we love our neighbors. We can do that. But if we do not have a hand in picking who our neighbor is, and we don't, according to Scripture, Jesus is, is, is teaching us, he's about to teach a lesson to us, to, these, to this man at that time and to us today, our neighbor includes everybody in the world. 
Well, Brother Craig, I can't get to know my neighbor who lives in Cambodia. I can't get to know my neighbor who lives in Brazil. You know, if you run across them, (laughs) you can get to know them. If they happen to come here, I mean, let's not get ridiculous. But let's get practical and let's get truthful that our neighbors are everyone. Our neighborhood should include everyone. Remember, a neighbor... According to Jesus and according to Mr. Rogers, there's <laughs> not necessarily the one who lives right next door. It includes everyone. So you and I, we have been commanded to love our neighbor. You have been con- commanded to love your neighbor. So have I. The second thing, a man, a man has told a story. So we find out this story, this story from Jesus. He talks about this man who is robbed. Look at verse uh, 30. Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him and went away leaving him, and the Bible calls it half dead. So he's half alive. He's half dead. He's on his way out, it appears. It's not good. A priest comes by and passes by on the other side. If you do your research, you know about the priest. You know he was probably on his way to the temple. And oh my goodness, if you touch a dead person, you become unclean. Well, I fault this priest first because he walks by on the other side of the road. Second, because he doesn't stop to check and see if the man's dead or not. I mean, come on. He just looks and goes, ooh, not good. And he walks by on the other side. That's, the Bible tells us he walks by on the other side. Notice uh, also a Levite comes upon the man. And he too passes by on the other side. The next person to come by is a Samaritan. Now this man is not a man that the Jews liked, wanted ever to be near, and certainly did not want to have time to visit with. The Jews didn't visit with the Samaritans. The Samaritans were dogs in their eyes. They just didn't, they, ugh, they don't want to talk to Samaritans, don't want to be near Samaritans. They are not like us. But this Samaritan, Jesus says, has compassion and stops and helps this man. This neighbor, who is the most unlikely one to stop and help a Jewish man, comes and stops him. This Samaritan goes as far as to tell the innkeeper whom he takes this man to, look, if there's anything else comes up, let me know. I'll take care of it. I'm going to take care of this man, and hopefully when he's good and he's well, he can be back on his way again, back on his feet again. This Samaritan goes the extra mile. He doesn't just take care of this man, make sure he gets to the hospital. He goes the extra mile and says, look, if there's anything else that needs to be handled. Uh, Let's see, in verse 35, you see this. It says, or look at verse 34. And he came to him and bandaged bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. So he goes the extra mile. He gets involved in this person's life to a degree that, "Mm, boy, I don't know. I don't know about this. But he goes the extra mile. Now, the lawyer, the one who asked the question, 
is probably not very happy with Jesus using a Samaritan as an example. He's probably not really happy with this. Jews and and Samaritans did not get along. They were outcasts. But what is he saying? What is Jesus saying to this lawyer? Your neighbor may not be like you. Your neighbor just may not be like you. They may look different. They may eat differently. They may live differently. They may just not like, look like you. He may not even be, or she may not even be the same faith as you, or race as you. He asked who his neighbor was, and Jesus says, look, this is who your neighbor is. This is who your neighbor is. Your neighbor is the one who cares. Your neighbor is the one who goes the extra mile. Your neighbor is the one who takes care of you. Your neighbor is the one who doesn't care what you look like or how you live, but takes care of you anyway. Whoa. Wow. In addition to this lawyer, Jesus is teaching us who our neighbor is today. Our neighbor does not necessarily live geographically close to us, nor does he or she necessarily look like us, dress like us, or live like us. But they are our neighbors. Do you know that your neighbor could be someone who lives across town from you? Your neighbor is someone who lives across town from you and next door. Well, the last thing here, a man learns what it means to be a good neighbor. So Jesus is teaching this man a truth that is tough to learn. Verse 36 says, Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? Point blank asks him. Now look, which one of these? Now, Jesus, what does he do? Jesus says there was a priest, there was a Levite, there was a Samaritan. Okay? Three choices. Priest, Levite, Samaritan. The question from Jesus is, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? What do you think the man should have said, the lawyer should have said? We know the story. What, would he, what, what should he have said? Samaritan. Samaritan. Jesus has given the three choices. Which one, he says? Which one is the one? Who is the neighbor here? What does the lawyer say? And he said, verse 37, And he said, the one who showed mercy toward him. To me, I find, I find there is bias right there against the Samaritan even still. Now, the, man has, the lawyer's got to learn. The lawyer has, has to learn this lesson of who his neighbor is. And I pray that he does. I pray that he did at some point learned who his neighbor really is. He should have said Samaritan. But he avoids saying even the word. He doesn't even say the word. He just says, oh, the one who showed him mercy. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's the, it's the right one. And I didn't have to say the word Samaritan. I'm good, right? <laughs> I'm good. I got it right, right, Jesus? What does Jesus say? Then Jesus said to him, Go and do the same. Uh Uh-oh. He may have gotten the question 
the answer, you know, he may have gotten the answer right to the question, which one showed mercy? But Jesus is imploring this lawyer to be like this Samaritan. He's saying you need to be like the one you don't like. For whatever reason, whatever bias you have, you need to be like him. Why? Because he had a heart. He had compassion. He helped this man in need, whom the Bible says was half dead. You need to be like him. That's what Jesus is saying to the lawyer. You need to be like this Samaritan. And you need to get over your, you know, kind of get over yourself with this bias against Samaritans and see that, look, the priest didn't have enough, a big enough heart. The Levite didn't have a big enough heart. But this Samaritan whom you do not like had a big enough heart. So stop lumping people all together too. I think that's another message we can see in this. I wonder if, it's, I wonder if we're like this lawyer when it comes to other races. I, know, I notice many people will say, I have, well, I have African American friends. Or I have Hispanic friends. Or I have Asian friends. Well, good for you. Good for you. And sometimes it's if we, I'm a super Christian because I have friends that are not like me. I'm glad you do. But if they are truly friends, what does that mean? That means you're walking through life with them. That means, as the phrase goes, you do life with them. That means you have them over to your house. This, this is not just, oh, when I see them, I talk to them. I'm I'm nice. This, I'm, I'm talking about, look, if you're really friends with them, you're going to the movies with them, you're having supper with them, you're inviting them over to your home because they're truly friends. Jesus is trying to say to us, this Samaritan was a neighbor to this man who was not like him. This Samaritan did not care that they did not share the same culture. He saw a man in need, and it appears he took care of this man until he was okay to be on his own again. That is what it means to be a good neighbor. That is what, it, what God desires of us. That is what it means to love another person and to show them love. We're to be the ones who are in this world who show care and love to everyone no matter what they look like, no matter what they believe, no matter how they dress, I encourage you, as I encourage myself today, to expand your neighborhood. Grow your neighborhood. Allow, look, learn to allow people into your neighborhood who may not be like you or look like you. Look, I have had some of the most fascinating conversations with the people who are not like me. And I'm not talking about race, necessarily. I'm talking about people who see life differently, who see issues differently. And my goodness, there is a gold mine for us out there among people who are not like us that we can learn from. We can, boy, we can dig into that mine of gold out there and we can learn something about ourselves and about other people. One of the most exciting things for me was when I was in high school and Dieter from Belgium showed up in our classroom. Uh, also, <clears throat> Hans showed up in our classroom from Germany. Uh, and Peter, I think Peter was from, I think he was actually from Germany as well. But boy, that was exciting. 
Why was it exciting? Because, oh boy, I've never been able to interact with people from other countries before. I, was, I mean, boy, this is exciting. I got to talk to them and ask them, well, what do you do? How do y'all, how is class in your, you know, how is the classroom in your school in your country? Now, that's an eye-opener. They walked in class. They sat down. They sat straight up. They looked forward. They waited to be taught. By the time, don't worry, because by the time they left, they were just like us. Throwing spit wads, misbehaving, sitting back in the chair, you know, lounging all over. Oh, we infected them. Don't worry. I actually felt bad at the end of the year. I thought, oh, man, what have we done to them? Are they going to go back to their school and just be the dropout? I mean, you know, are they going to be the one that just gets kicked out because they, they, they went over to America and got infected with Americanism and that, you know, the way we do stuff? Goodness. And I know, I know. That's a, that, look, it takes a teacher and a class to keep it all together. The class has got to decide to follow the teachers and to listen. But I looked at that and thought, wow, what an opportunity to learn from each other's cultures. And if, we, if there are people, at, look, there are people in our own community that we can learn a lot from if we will take the time, expand our neighborhood, and allow people in to our neighborhoods, our, our, our spiritual and, and even physical neighborhoods that just makes it a little bit bigger and a little more accepting. Begin to see all people as your neighbor. Begin to see all people as your neighbor as you go through this week. Just, just know that, hey, you know, there, there you go. I, have, I've, I don't know how many times I have held the door for someone. Thankfully, I've not held the door for someone who's been opposed to it because I really don't know how to respond to that. You know, I can hold my own door. Oh, okay, well, uh, all right, go ahead. <laughs> but I hold the door for people when, I, when I'm going into a business and I know they're behind me. I just do it. I don't care who they are. I don't care where, what they look like. I hold the door. But I've gotten some shocked looks on some faces that I've held the door for. And, I, and, and oh, uh, uh, well, go ahead. I'm like, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. So, I mean, I'm holding the door for you. And they're like, uh, well, thank you, thank you. And I think, my goodness, does no one hold the door for you? I mean, it's just, I mean, just even being a good neighbor, you know, it doesn't take a lot. And I'm, I mean, I know I'm asking a lot more than just, hey, surface-level stuff here. But some of us, you know, that may be the first move we make is to do the surface-level things first, to move into that area to where, hey, yeah, we're holding the door for everybody. We don't care. We're holding the door for everybody, you know. Uh-oh, I'm, I'm about to walk up to that line. I'm really in a hurry, and somebody's about to get there before me. Am I really in a hurry? Can I really wait? Can I just be nice and let them go first? That's always a funny dance to do at the store, isn't it? Oh, no, you go. No, you go. No, you go. Yo, no, 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 you go. That's always so funny. I just laugh at that because it becomes then a competition. Who's going to win? <laughs> Am I going to win? Am I gonna, are they going to get in front of me? I'm going to make them. You know, I'm going to make them. It's, it's such a weird dance we do. But my goodness, wouldn't you rather dance over that? <laughs> wouldn't you rather do that dance? than doing the dance of something else where doing a different dance where there's so so much hatred, uh, there's so so much ill will toward each other. We as Christians truly can make a difference in our world and in our community. We can do it. 
And it doesn't take a whole lot. The children of God should be able to be the ones who stand up on higher ground and see all people as those whom God loves, but also back it up with action. And that's where the difference comes in. Backing it up with action. The Christian backs up the words he speaks. Our people notice and say, bunch of hypocrites. (laughs) They say they love everybody. They say they treat people the same. But people are watching. And they want to see it. They want to see if it's true. They want to see. Is the love of God truly dwelling in the life of a believer? They want to see it. We've been commanded to love our neighbor. We must know that our neighbor is someone who could just live right across town or downtown, north of town, south of town, east or west. Question is, will you love that neighbor? Will you love that neighbor? Don't, please do not nod your head today. Make that decision. Make that decision. Will you love your neighbor? Because, listen, the Christians are the one, are the ones who can change the world if we will share the gospel. If we will speak about Christ to our neighbor. If we will show them how they can have Christ in their hearts. If we will do that, God can change the heart. And he, that's his business, changing hearts. And so I, I, I really get troubled when people say, well, we need more laws Laws, we can get all legalistic about all that type of stuff, but that gets crazy. I'd rather follow Jesus and allow him to lead me to, and show me what I need to do, what I need to say, how I need to act. That's a whole lot easier for me than to have to remember all the laws that, that some people want on the books that tell us how we have to treat people. Good night. Follow Jesus, allow him to lead you. God is a big God, and he certainly has a big heaven, and he certainly wants people to be there. But he's the one that changes hearts, and he's depending on us to share the good news. And that's how hearts are changed. Hearts aren't changed because a law was made. Hearts are changed because somebody opened their heart up and allowed God to change it. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement. I do hope that your mind, your heart, is open to seeing all people as people that God loves. Someone once said, you will never look into the eyes of another person that God does not love. Would you, would you, try and focus on that? Would you try and focus and realize that there are people out in our world that God loves and they are people made by God and we should love them too? Remember, you matter to God and to us here at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.